Uh, Father, we, uh, we praise you. And we ask you uh, to remind us uh, of all the things that we have going on in our lives, Father. Are you one of them? Uh, it is important uh, for us uh, to raise our eyes um, to the things that are above. And Lord, as we think about what it means to be your children and what it means uh, as you call us to suffer for you, Lord, that we want to be crystal clear uh, about how, um, how we are supposed to view that and that we are uh, supposed to understand that as joy. And so, Lord, would you uh, bless us as you are with us as we discuss with one another in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so, uh, so let's jump right in. So I'm excited uh, about a couple things that we'll be able to talk through and uh, discuss together as per usual. Um, wanna, want this to be a, a dialogue, not a monologue. And so I'll stop uh, uh, as often as you'll let me uh, to ask you questions. And then if you have uh, comments or thumbs up or uh, questions, that's, that's going to be helpful. Uh, somebody read for me in a real loud voice, uh, Romans 8, 14 through 17. So as we look at that, the thing that I want you uh, to take away and what we're going to talk about as an idea is this idea of assurance. Um, and what is great about assurance and what sometimes do we overread uh, into when somebody seeks to assure us of absolutely anything? Hey, hey, it's okay. We're not, we haven't lost all of our money. <laughs> hey, hey, it's going to be okay, X. What, are, what is someone seeking to do when they are assuring you? And you can't use the word. <laughs> you have to use a different word. Provide security. Okay, provide security. Comfort. Comfort. Hope. Hope. Convince. Convince. Okay. So when someone is uh, trying to uh, give us hope, uh, convince us, uh, give us comfort, what is, what is then the struggle when somebody says that, that, we, um, that sometimes we'll just kind of put it out of our mind, right? Somebody assures us, and then we just kind of move on from it. Because we're concerned, and we move from a state of concern to like zero concern. Is that what assurance is supposed to do? Is it supposed to move us that far? Our care says no. Why not? Okay. So thinking of the idea of when, when somebody assures us our responsibility is not to leave the thing that we're concerned about, right, and kind of put it out of our mind, but to, to use that to continue to move forward. I think that's really helpful. Somebody else, why, uh, why do we uh, maybe move off of, um, like go too far the other way when we're concerned about something, somebody assures us, and then we just kind of, all right, it's fine. Does anybody do that when you're concerned about something somebody assures you? No, no, you can turn the paper in late. <laughs> we still got to do the paper though, right? Yeah. If we don't do anything with it, right? So I think, I think we... Um, assurance is those things that you named, uh, but, it's not, uh, but it's not quite what we think it is. And so we'll try to unpack that, um, try to unpack that this morning. So let's look then uh, at uh, the verses and, and um, look particularly at um, this first word, or this first verse. 8.14, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So Paul is, trying, is seeking to communicate this idea of this is how we know. 
that we are sons of God. Now, we can be right, uh, related to somebody. Okay? We can be second cousins, third cousins. We can be boyfriend, girlfriend. Uh, we can have these, these positional uh, things that people will call us, but then there's uh, this other idea about like, what the actual relationship looks like, which we talk about often. But when, we're, but when we're looking particularly at this verse, for all her being led by the Spirit, these are sons of God. Uh, what in your mind is, it, is the difference between being led by something, right, and, and simply kind of being positionally related to it? Somebody else that hadn't shared. Yeah, that's great, Kate. Anna. So, yeah. Uh, very good. So what about, what transactionally is happening between the couple parties when you're being led by somebody? So let's say, uh, let's say uh, Lauren is leading McKenna. What has to happen between both of those parties for them to be mutually agree that that's happening and that, like that it's going to happen and that it's happening? Right. Hey, raise your hand, line leader. <laughs> I'm the person that is leading, right? And... McKenna, raise your hand, right? Follower, right? I'm the person that's following. Meg? But it's also not just McKenna has to keep her eyes required to follow. Lauren has to keep her eyes going back to make sure McKenna's still behind her. Because that's right. Like if you're driving out, if my dad is horrible, I keep following, don't follow him. Yeah. Goes through red lights and leaves behind him. That's a great point. I have been, uh, I have been accused uh, um, on driving many a van with many vans behind us <laughs> of not being, uh, not being the best uh, van leader. Um, and that hurts. That really does. Because I'm looking in the rearview mirror. It's really hard. <laughs> Did all four vans, you know, get through, get through the light? Oh, they didn't. Okay. Well, we'll pull over. Um, but yes, absolutely, right? It's not just on, uh, that it's not just on the follower uh, to keep up with the leader, that the leader has to be aware, right? And empathetic, right? And then attentive to the person uh, that's following. But as we're looking at uh, here, for those who are being led by the Spirit, right? So transactionally, the Spirit wants to lead. We say that, hey, I want you to lead. It says that these then are the sons of God, that um, Paul's trying to make a distinction here, right, that, and giving us assurance that, so that God wants us to be sons, right, and daughters of his, right? He's come and done activity on our behalf to make that a way, but, right, that it's not to then tractor beam as many people as possible, right, to make him follow them. And functionally, I think a lot of times that's what we think. I did this thing this one time, right? Um, or however we think about it, and we think that, well, we're just positionally, um, that's okay. And Paul is not trying to give assurance there. And, and what I don't want you to say is that that's not, like, figuring that out is, like, the worst place to be. But what I do want us to understand is there is a difference here of what Paul's trying to make assure us of. And when we're not assured of something, the response should be, well, let me be more sure. Anybody had... Uh, so we, or we get lunch um, each week uh, to eat, and there's, there's lots of things that happen. Uh, but if each week I am uh, kind of naive and then just randomly, like I called him maybe last Monday, and I don't check on that, I don't 
do any follow-up. I don't see if it's paid for. I just kind of show up at the business hoping that the food is there. Now, has anybody done that and that not worked out very well? Yeah, Walter, what, what was the like random circumstance that you just like, hey, you assumed something and then it wasn't? It did happen to me, but yeah. this summer at Tsunami, uh, those Japanese restaurants in Minnesota, yeah. they ordered like $200 worth of sushi, but she actually got it sent to the... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, if she put it all before and like, just checked on it. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of sushi that got ordered and is sitting down there and everyone's unhappy. She doesn't have her sushi, someone else has. Anybody need 200? Anybody need 200? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly the wait staff, right? <laughs> but, but how often, right, do we think about our relationship with God like that? I absolutely have done this, right? That I, 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 I something, this is not quite right. And it's like, you know what? I mean to make it better. I mean to learn how to, to kind of come under the auspice of the Spirit. I mean to, I mean to, I mean to, right? Someone seeks to give us assurance, but it's not, it's not the assurance that we need because I need, to, I need to check on the order, right? I don't need to just assume that what needs to be happening is happening. And so I think this is the, the message here that Paul's kind of starting off with in this short passage Right, as he wants to give us assurance, but he, he needs to give us this idea that those who are being led, those are the people that have assurance because not, not only is it positional, but it's relational. They're doing what they're supposed to do, what God's called them to do. And so in that, they should be assured that the, the sushi is at the right restaurant. Does that make sense? So thoughts or questions that you may have as we kind of move forward from that idea. God wants to give you assurance, but he's not going to assure us uh, for something that we're not doing. So quick question as you, uh, uh, quick discussion point. So in this idea, and just talk real quick with the person next to you, do we need to notice that we have a new leader? Is the emphasis on knowing that we have a new leader, right? So in the situation between uh, McKenna and Lauren, who, hey, McKenna used to lead herself, Lauren said, no, I need to lead you, is the emphasis on knowing that you have a new leader or being obedient to that new leader? Where's the emphasis? Talk amongst yourselves real quick. Let me know what you think. So is the emphasis on noticing or obeying? All right. What do you think? So again, being uh, so, I have uh, notice or obey, passive or active. Passive is not is not necessarily bad. We need to notice <laughs> uh, things, but as it relates to here, being led by, uh, what do you? Where do you think the emphasis is for Paul in trying to give uh, give assurance? I'm right, start calling on people. What do you think? Yeah, so uh, the emphasis, is it on our need when it says, for those who are led by the Spirit, um, our sons of God, is the emphasis here that being led by, is it noticing that we have a new leader? Okay, or is the emphasis on obeying uh, said leader? Okay, go ahead.
Yeah? I would agree. Yeah. That we've got to notice that we've got a new leader. Hey, hey guys, psh, there's a uh, there's a new, you know, psh, you know. Somebody else. Uh huh. Okay. Somebody else. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. I think the I think what. Uh, what Kate said is, is putting both, it's, it's, it's yes. <laughs> that it's, uh, that it's, it's passive in that I, I, ha- I do have to notice it. Because if I don't notice it, I, I'm not going to then make the decision, right, to obey or not. Think about how often, right, in our daily lives, weekly lives, that how much that that's something that escapes our notice. People bring it to our attention. Hey, you got mustard on your shirt. And you're like, oh, thank you. And then I can't do anything about that right now. As I continue on and somebody's like, hey, you got mustard on your shirt. Oh, wait, right. I've got to do something about it. And so here I think Paul is doing both of those things, right? He is telling, he's, he's reminding us that, hey, you've got a new leader. You need to notice that, right? But then because it is a new leader and not a mustard stain, <laughs> right? I need to, there's different things that I would do to a mustard stain to notice that, right? To make it go away. And there's different things I need to do. If somebody is leading me, I need to follow. Right? There's things that, there's things that, that uh, proceed from the thing that we're noticed, uh, was noticing. All right, so let's look down then at 8.15. So we're, we're there. So we're sons of God leading into, for you have not received, in verse 15, a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. So again, assuring us, he says this, um, this odd word here, uh, fear again. Um, are you guys uh, fearful about things in your lives? Yep, shake your head. Rob, yep, absolutely. So where does that fear come from? What, am, what are the types of things that we're scared of? So you don't have to name your fear. <laughs> the greatest fear, McKenna, Molly. Um, but what are some types of things that we are scared of? Lack of control, okay. Change. Change. Oh, good one. The future. The future. Yep. Afraid of our thoughts. Loss. Loss. Okay. One more. Direction. Rejection. Rejection. (laughs) Yes. No, absolutely. More, more so than that one. So as he calls us sons of God, right, he says, For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear. When we're fearing all those things that you named, why are we fearful? What does it feel like our lives, does it feel like our lives are rolling downhill? Does it feel like it's a hike uphill? Both? Right, so there's fear there, right? And what, what's kind of the underwriting fear? We're not in control. But yet you hang on, we hang on, I say you, me, we hang on to control desperately, right? 
because, because I have control, even though we're fearful, <laughs> because we don't know what we're doing, as we've talked about over and over and over again. But the spirit that I've given you is not that. So the way that we are used to feeling, that's not, uh, if we are in him, that is not the spirit that he has given us. So as we are feeling fearful, he is assuring us here that, that the, if you have the Holy Spirit, what he is about is not making you fear, uh, not making you feel fearful. Because that is your state outside of him. Like everyone's natural state is to live in fear. Fear of what? Fear of death? <laughs> fear of rejection? Fear of not get, not, uh, fear of missing out? Right? Fear of not having what I really, really desire? Right? We live lives scared. How many of your decisions, think about this, I'll give you kind of a, a, a moment of silence. <laughs> I want you to think about how many of your decisions in the past week are, were made out of fear. And I'll, I'll start making tally marks and just tell me when to stop. Yeah. <laughs> What that knowledge that we make a lot of our decisions based out of fear, how does that feel? Does that feel real? Like I know kind of when I don't think about it, that doesn't, it doesn't seem that bad. But when I think about it, you're like, wow, I really do. Think about how often we get dressed <laughs> out of some sense of fear. It seems weird, it's like fear of what? Like if somebody will not like what I'm wearing or I won't feel a certain way, like even stuff like that. I'm not going to eat this, I'm going to eat that because I have a fear of what? Judgment, Judgment of some sort, right? Too big, too little, <laughs> too bloated. So sit in that a minute. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading again to fear, but you received a different spirit. See, fear causes I do everything from fear of, as well said, rejection at some level, right? But God want, doesn't, does not the overriding feeling that God wants you to have. So talk to me a little about that. What, do you realize that? Like that, that is the source of a lot of our uh, discomfort and unhappiness. So thoughts or questions about that, just about that idea, about how often we do things out of fear, and God's spirit is the opposite of that. Yeah. So that, so that, so that fear would say, I, I don't think that it. I think that that can be, if we think about it like that, uh, embarrassing. I think is a good a good feeling. But then what, then how do we move forward from that, right? Because some of it isn't, it's not just that feeling. It's like, well, oh, I can feel a different way than I'm actually feeling right now. Some of us are like, well, I, this is just how I will feel, <laughs> scared. Can you imagine it? Of not being scared about things that really matter. Other questions or thoughts about that?
Yeah. So then coming back to this idea that what is the characteristic of the spirit that he's given you? See, so much of, as Wallace said, so much of our fear is like rejection at some level, right? Like I would think a lot of it really comes back to with the comfort and the, it, it, that that is what we're really scared of. But yet what he said is, I have given you a spirit that's overwhelmingly of your mind. All of us, when we walk into a place, right, we're fearful of belonging. Even in this world, where is my place? We run to our friends. We want to stay places that feel safe. Amen? And yet, overwhelmingly, in this world, we don't feel safe. We feel fearful. And he's saying that's why this spirit and its value to you is so, like, that you need to understand, like, because adoption, like, yeah, adoption, sure. But, like, that's why it's, that's why he highlights what the spirit is about. Cares that you belong with God. If you don't have any other place that you belong, you belong with him. Matthew, when you feel out of place, you don't have to feel out of place. Because He gives you, His Spirit is, longs to make you feel whole. And to such an extent, right, that it cries out, this is not Daddy. But it is familial, right? It is intimate, but it's, not, but it's not that. Why do you need to be told that you're his? Think about it right now. As I, as I think about it, just say it to myself. I am God's. I am God's. I am God's. I am God's. This is Christian meditation on truth. I am God's, I am God's, I am God's, I am God's, I am his child, I am his child, I am his child, I am his child. What does that do when we own that? Yep. Solidifies our identity. What else does it do? Yeah. Like, I want to be comfortable. It's like, that is the existential crisis. Who am I? Where do I belong? And he says, you're mine, you belong with me. As quickly as you can ask it, he's answering it like that. Second Timothy 1, 7, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity or fear, but of power, love, and discipline. My flesh is so timid and scared and easily ruffled. He's like, that's not what I'm, that's not me. Like that is flesh, that is the world. Me is the opposite of that. Whenever you feel power, whenever you feel loved, right, whenever you feel comforted, whenever you feel accepted, whenever you can do something, that's me. That's me in you. One of the biggest things as we are challenged to live life in the spirit is to recognize what is him and what is not. And this is Paul's assurance that I, I really, I'm working my tail off to try to help you understand when you can recognize when he is. When we're doing stuff, when we feel the way that he's, uh, the, those things in us. 
Galatians 4, 6. And then we'll, we'll end with one more idea. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Where is the emphasis on this statement? I keep asking, you're like, this is not English class. Why do you keep asking me these hard <laughs> direct object, indirect object? Where's the emphasis in this sentence? See, prior to it was on the spirit. What, what is the emphasis on Paul here in Galatians? It's in the prepositional phrase. Because you are, this is where it starts. Because you're sons, I've given you the spirit. It's not, I've given you a spirit and then you're my son. Because you're mine, I have given you a spirit of power, love, and discipline. How do we know when somebody loves us? It's not when they say it. How do we know, like know, when somebody loves us? It's usually when they show us through actions. Okay, but what specifically, like... Because when you, you, let's say you get something, somebody does something, and you're in your heart, it's like, wow, that person actually loves me. For me, it's encouragement. Okay. Encouragement. Yeah. Doing something for you, like putting you over themselves. Yep. Whenever you're in That's, that's the idea that we need to have that God gives us his Holy Spirit, right? Like, this is a good thing for us. So often we think, you ever seen uh, this old Disney movie, uh, First Kid? Or can you imagine, like, being the president's kid, going to middle school with a Secret Service agent? Does that sound exciting? Maybe the first day, but then, like, it's super annoying, right? Like, okay, so you didn't think I can, like, handle myself? <laughs> it's like a babysitter. Without thinking about it, I think that we can view the Holy Spirit like this babysitter that God gives us, right? Hey, the fun police is inside of me. <laughs> is it no, because you're my son, I'm not, I'm, that, if, you, if, that, if you think that, we're missing something here, right? I've given you this person so that you can, the, the, that, all that stuff that you really wish was different in your life, like really like the things that mean something. Not like I wish I had different clothes or made more money or had a different car or things like that. Like when I'm lying in bed at night, <laughs> struggling with all the things that really matter. Right, that is what God is trying to fix. That is what he is trying to speak into with his spirit. That in, in your struggle, right, the spirit is a drawing agent to what matters. The finishing up here, Isaiah 43, 1, 
But now, thus says the Lord your Creator, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. Don't be scared, I have not rejected you, I have bought you back. Prodigal son, you can come back home because I've fixed the debt that you owe me. And you're not some nameless, faceless person that I have paid some ransom for, that you're my son or you're my daughter. I don't have to look on a sheet to know what your name is. Right? You're mine. I created you. You're back where you're supposed to be. Come home. And that is the spirit that he has given us that, that wants to come home, that longs to come home. That anytime I get too far afield, right, that it is he who my soul longs for. So can you go down to the last verse? Verse 17. So it's, uh, verse before that, Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Verse 17. And if children, heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so we may also be glorified with him. Anybody been to a wedding where you're just kind of some random guest? And you have to be in both scenarios. And then have you been also to a wedding where you're like your name's on the table? What's the, different, what, what's the difference in uh, your belonging? Hoping that you can get in versus knowing that you can get in. What's the difference? I know my name is on the table. So here's what I want to end on, on this idea. If children heirs, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, that's a big deal. Right? But I don't think that's where we struggle. I think the struggle is that after that, if indeed we suffer with them. Because if there's anything that Americans hate, or humans hate more than anything, especially Americans, because we like our comfort. We take pride in how lazy and how comfortable we can make ourselves. Should I get the leather? Should I get the climate control? Should I get, you know, there's lots of options. There's a difference between suffering and persecution. Have you done anything worthwhile that was easy? Do tell. The invitation was easy. I like that. Touche. So it's easy in that he, uh, that he offers it to everyone. Right? But, but here, uh, he is reminding us that uh, the gospel actually is pretty conditional. Right, and that part is not easy because what is he asking you to give up? 
if indeed we suffer with him. Think about all the times that Jesus suffered. What was he, what was he struggling with? Think about temptation in the garden especially. What was he struggling with? The Son of God. Temptation in the desert and in the Garden of Gethsemane when he says, not my will, Father, but yours be done. Control, right? The devil over and over offers him, well, why don't you just be in control? And he's like, "Mm mm-mm. When he knows what he's going to have to go through to overcome for us, right? He's still wrestling with it. Not my will, but yours. But if indeed we suffer with him, I think this is the key. That the thing that we most struggle with is the key to moving forward with him. As we end here, turn in your electronic device or Bible to Revelation uh, Two, and there are uh, seven instances of this word, and the word is uh, Nikos. It's where we get Nike. You may know what Nike actually means: victory. And so, there's this word is translated here for us in English called overcomer. To he who overcomes. And I want you to link these two things, uh, if indeed we suffer with them, to this idea of uh, overcoming. So suffering, overcoming. If I really like ice cream, right, and there's a, and there's a tub sitting in front of me, and I really, really want to eat it, okay? How am I going to overcome my urgency or want to eat that ice cream how would you describe what that's going to feel like to not eat it (laughs) and when we do self-discipline what what do we do we suffer right when we put ourselves away right that is kind of self-infliction like that is what we're doing we're suffering ourselves like, that's the idea here. Like, I'm, I'm, what is happening to me is not what I want to happen. But when we do that, right, when we overcome that desire, that urge, right, that is, on the other side of that is what? What's on the other side of that temptation if we actually don't give in to it, if we actually overcome it? Okay. Maybe. What? Obedience. Obedience. Those are good words. What's actually happening? You've done this. What is happening? What have you done? (laughs) You overcome it. (laughs) Right? We have died at that moment to ourselves. Like, I want this, and I've overcome that moment by dying to myself. And so in these overcomers in, this, in Revelation 2.7, 2.11, 2.17, you can look at any of them, 2.26, 3.5, 3.12, 3.21, just look at any of those instances. As there's a promise to the one who overcomes. So we want to equate, over, uh, we equate 
um, overcoming with or suffering with overcoming, and we'll end here. If I want to overcome something, okay, it's going to require this. But what it looks like over the long haul as I continue to do that, it looks like faithfulness. If your parents ask you to watch uh, their animal or a, bro a little brother or a little sister, hey, you're in charge. You've got to watch them. And you have a succession of 15 people that call you up to do something that's 800 times better than that. <laughs> what does faithfulness look like in that situation? How are you suffering and what are you overcoming? You're giving up what you want. Not just once. Every time they call. Do they not know? Are they, are they like trying to drive me crazy? Because <laughs> we're not faithful at any point, right, that we give in, are we? I really challenge you to to read through just those passages where it talks about overcoming what the promise is. Just like my son who had to overcome, I need you to overcome in my power. What does it feel like when we actually overcome in that way? What does it feel like? Have we done it? Can you imagine it? God's told me to share Christ with this one. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I did it. Oh. <laughs> I really want to do this thing. I really want to do this thing. I really want to do this thing. I didn't do it this one time. Oh, gosh. Closing thoughts or questions, and we'll, we'll end there. Suffering, overcoming, faithfulness. We'll close with this and I'll pray. 2 Corinthians 4, 7-11 But we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power of God will be of Him and not of ourselves. We're afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always caring about in the body the dying of Jesus so that the life of Jesus also may be manifest. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to the death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our mortal flesh. That is life in the Spirit. That there is something else there. If only we'll seek for it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can be assured. And we thank you that uh, you were bringing into 
more clarity in my heart and I hope in the lives of those that have been able to have been with us what it looks like to be yours and to be assured that we're yours. Wherever we are, Father, you're calling us to either stay where we are or move from where we are so that we can be assured. Lord, help us remember that we need to call and check the order to understand what we've ordered and what God has given and that we are doing that which he has called us to do. And so, Father, there is great assurance in that as we are doing that and there is not when we're not. Father, may you help us work through that because you are promising us on the other side of that suffering. Father, is life manifest in you? So we ask, we ask for that, Father. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.